0: Well, I love Advent. Today is the start of Advent. It's the start of the church calendar. Early in my ministry, in my senior pastor ministry, I used to dread December preaching because it just felt like a lot of pressure to incorporate Santa Claus and Rudolph and all that type of stuff and to be uh, kind of sentimental and also uh, scriptural. And then I discovered Advent, which is... Advent is the Latin word for coming, and it's a tradition in the church that goes back centuries of four Sundays where we look at scriptures that help us anticipate Christmas Eve, anticipate the coming of the Lord. And and now I have found that these Old Testament scriptures like Isaiah 64 and the gospel readings cause me to look forward to preaching in December like no other month. Because here's the deal— Santa Claus and Rudolph and Frosty—they get plenty of promotion without the church having to promote it too. I don't think there's anything wrong or sinful about doing that. I'm just letting you know that um, you have a, a, enough exposure in uh, in the community or in culture that when you come here, we're going to use these services to point us squarely on the Savior, Jesus Christ, on His story and the power of that, and so. The idea is this, Advent, the coming, Jesus came to Bethlehem, Jesus came to the world, and because of that, Jesus is coming again. This is the most relevant message possible. This is a message of power. This is a message that has so much on the line. And so when we begin to celebrate this Christmas season... We boldly proclaim God's Word because much is on the line and thinks, this is a powerful time and there's an anointing on these scriptures and that's why I'm excited to share God's Word with you this morning. And today our theme is hope. This is our theme and you've heard it through some of the scripture, you've heard it through some of the songs and I'm here to remind you of something that we as God's people are the most hope-filled people on planet Earth. We have so much to hope for, not because of who we are, but because of who we serve. Jesus Christ gives us great hope. Jesus gives us hope that things will get better. I want you to think about that. Because of Jesus, things will get better. Yes, that we, we live in these systems and we live even in biology. The, the, the idea that things decay, things are getting worse, death is coming. This is the natural order of things. We're getting older. Buildings age, people age, systems age, stuff becomes irrelevant. This is the world we live in where things are getting older and worn out and things are becoming less useful. This is the order of the day. But there's a new order. We are people of eternity. We are people of the resurrection. We're not people of death. We're people of life. And so here, though we live in this system of decay, we are people of life. We are people of resurrection. And because Jesus came once before and he promised to come again, Things will get better because of Jesus. Through Jesus, all is not lost. Through Jesus, there are not wasted years. Through Jesus, all things will be restored. Through Jesus, it will all make sense one day. Through Jesus, there is a plan. Through Jesus, there is a purpose. Through Jesus, there is a hope for the future. And I never asked you to do this, but 1045 service, would somebody say, amen, in the house. All right, I may have just, you know, regret saying that, but I just felt like that was good. All right. Now, I just had to wake you up a little bit. Man, that was way too much for me even. All right, here we go. So uh, one time Beth and I were on a double date and it, we, we, we were uh, with another couple and the girls wanted to go shopping somewhere and it was so, so crowded. Couldn't find a good parking place. So I found a couple of parking places, but they were illegal to park okay so in, in my in my bright idea i said all right here's the deal of the girls can go shopping and and me and chip we can hang back here and and we can uh watch the cars while they're shopping so that's what we did they were going shopping so we we started talking it wasn't pastor chip it was another chip i have three three of my best friends in the world are named chip so i got a texas chip kansas chip and a tennessee chip so <laughs> praise god thanks be to god right so he he, he he was he was he had all these questions for him after service you know after the 9 a.m. service, so so um, so I get to, I get to talk in we're we're talking and we're hanging out we're we're doing guy talk we're having a good time and, and we're not paying much attention the girls come back out from shopping and, and we go back to our cars and there were tickets under our wiper blades the whole time I was so focused talking with my friend that I had not realized that some security guard. Some blessed security guard, because Jesus says to bless your enemies and not curse them, wrote a parking ticket when we were standing right there. I mean, he in, in, out of kindness, he could have told us to move the car, could have asked us to move the car, but we were standing right there and, and we weren't paying attention. Here it was, we are supposed to be watching the car, but we were enjoying each other and enjoying our company so much, we didn't even keep watch. Now here's the gospel reading for today. The gospel reading is going to be relevant. Chapter Mark, verse 13, this comes from the lectionary, which is a list of scriptures many, many Christians around the world are meditating on today. Now concerning that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the sons except the Father. Watch, be alert, for you don't know when the time is coming. It's like a man on a journey who left his house Gave authority to his slaves, gave each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know when the master of the house will is coming, whether in the evening, or at midnight, or at the crowing of the rooster, or early in the morning. Otherwise, he might come suddenly and find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to everyone: Be alert. Guys, as we move into a, just a, a great season, for my estimation, I love Christmas, and I am looking forward, I look forward to this Christmas more than any Christmas in many years. I'm just really looking forward to the rest of this month for, for lots of different reasons. But as we enjoy this cultural celebration and this attention on Jesus, I, I believe the Lord is speaking to us through the scripture today, and he's saying, stay alert. Stay alert watch for my presence in your life. Don't be like me and my friend who were, were, were so busy while we're supposed to be watching the cars, talking to each other that we don't see. We don't see what's happening. So so it is that the Lord is saying this to us today. Hey, while you're doing the Christmas stuff, watch out for my presence. Watch out for me. There's this, this trend that used to be in my life. I traced it back all the way to college. And college, I'd come home and It'd been a busy semester of study, and so it was kind of like Christmas break. I just want to check out mentally, and and there is value to recreation. There's value to a change of pace. In fact, recreation is recreating ourselves, so that's important. But uh, but I, I, I had this trend of of kind of not putting attention on God's presence, just kind of just 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 not giving Him the attention that He deserved and needed, and and it, and it caused some some uh, spiritual temporary decay in my life. So the Lord is reminding us be alert. Be alert. Watch for His presence during the season. Now, I I want you to enjoy Christmas. Enjoy Christmas. Participate in all the cultural traditions. Don't be that family that is like the Scrooge. It doesn't participate. I mean, this is not a word from the Lord. This is a word from Aaron. Hang up some Christmas lights. Like, have fun with this stuff. Don't be so spiritual that you can't enjoy Christmas. I know that technically that Jesus wasn't born in December. He was probably born in the spring. The reason that we have this cultural tradition is that in December, it's the darkest month of the year, okay? We we have the winter solstice, and so we need lights, we need gifts. We need something to get us through the coldest month of the year. It's a great time to tell the greatest story that's ever been told, in which all of history hinges on. It's a great time to tell that story uh, during a difficult time of winter, right? So the Lord, well Aaron says, "Give gifts. Put up lights. Drink eggnog. Hide your elf on the shelf. Do all the stuff and have fun with it, but don't forget the presence of God. Advent reminds us that while, while we revel in the joy of the season, don't get so comfortable with cultural traditions that you stop looking for the presence of the Lord. That's why, so you've done a good thing by coming to church today. When we go to the table of the Lord, when we sing songs of adoration, when we hear God's word, it's reminding us that the tangible presence of God is alive. It's not just a story, it's a reality in our hearts today, right now. It says we are God's people and we're people of hope. And we hope for something better. And today as we talk about hope, the reason we have hope is because we, we, we care for the world. We care for those around us. I know we're at various places and personally. We're at different financial situations. We're at different emotional situations today. Some of us are having a good year. Some of us are having a challenging year. But regardless of where we are personally, we're people of hope because we serve a God who has a plan for humanity and a plan for the world. And so even if everything is going right for us. Let's say that you have all the money you need, you have your health, you're relationally healthy, uh, your career is going well, and everything, you can just check it off. All things are going well for you. Yet, we cannot be satisfied. We are not satisfied while there's still injustice in the world. We're not satisfied while there's still suffering in the world. We're not satisfied while people are still hungry on this planet. We're not satisfied while people are wasting away in our penal system. We're not satisfied while nations are at war. We're not satisfied where there, when, where there is still bullying, abuse, oppression, and destruction. So it doesn't matter how well you are personally, there is still an ache in your soul for God to show up on this planet. That's what Advent says. So from the depths of our soul, we cry out, come Lord Jesus, Come, Lord Jesus, even if I'm personally satisfied, even if I'm personally content. God, put an aching in my soul for a new order to come because Jesus, this world has suffering and it has hurt and you are the only solution to the problems and the chaos of this world. So we ask Jesus, come, rule above our chaos. Assert your authority. Show the world who you are. This is the ache of God's people. People of uh, humanity that doesn't know the heart of God is just, is just trying to satisfy their personal needs. And if they're content and happy, everything's good. But we go to a song in Psalm 80, and we see the hearts of God's people. It says, listen, shepherd of Israel, who guides Joseph like a flock, you who sit and throne on the cherubim, rise up at the head of Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Rally your power. Come to save us. Restore us, God. Look on us with favor, and we will be saved. This is the heart cry of God's people. Lord, Lord, revive our church, God. Lord, cause the Christians to turn back and repent of their sins. God, cause the unsaved to recognize the greatness of your name. God, in our state, in our nation, cause a wave of revival to come so that churches are filled again, so that morality matters again, so that the injustices and the oppression of humankind, it falls under the lordship of Jesus Christ. This is the ache in our soul. This is why Advent's important. This is why we can't just be lulled by Christ christmas tradition and forget the anointing that's on the gospel story today rise up oh lord so today we have hope we have hope here and, and now we're going to look at uh, our passage in 1 corinthians chapter one now that's our main text for today we have hope and here's my first observation because god has enriched me god has enriched me write that down we have hope because God has enriched me and now you're going to see this language in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 to start with verse 3 Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ I always think my God for you because of God's grace given to you in Christ Jesus that by him you were enriched in everything in all speech and in all knowledge guys during this Advent Christmas season, one thing we need to reflect upon is who we would be without Christ. For those of you who are believers, I believe most of this room is, think about where would you be right now? Who would you be without Jesus Christ? For some of you, you've been, you've given your life to to Christ in recent months. You know, one of the things we don't, we can improve on here is telling more stories. You wouldn't believe uh, how many people among us are getting saved? How many people among us are giving their life to Christ? It's remarkable what God's doing through the ministry of this church. So some of you can trace it to last year, uh, earlier this year, uh, to to a time when God moved your heart, a time you took communion for the first time, a time that you responded, a time when you just realized that you're saved. Others of you, you've been walking with the Lord for a long, long time. I mean, I remember I, recently I had to do an exercise where I reflected on my salvation. And I remember clearly at age five being convicted of my sins. Guys, this was not just, hey, I, I want to raise my hand for social accept, acceptance. I felt the conviction of sin on me. And I gave my life to Christ. I went, my mom sitting on the second row. I went to her and had her pray with me. And it was, it was the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Where would I be without God? where would I be without God? And then let me ask you this, where would you be without God today? Think about, I think that's a healthy reflection. Who would you be? Now, if, if right now you're thinking, well, yeah, you know, hey, I'm a Christian because it just kind of works with our plan. And, you know, my wife wants me to be a Christian or my parents want me to go to church or whatever, but I'm pretty cool. I've got it handled myself. Can I just tell you that's just pride in your life? If you don't have a realization that without God, without God, you would not be at the place you are today. It's his amazing grace. It's his grace that reached out and saved us, that chose us, that marked us. His grace that made us who we are today. With humility, we say, God, you have enriched us. You've made things richer for us. Here in this passage today, specifically in verse 5, it says, in speech and in knowledge. I mean, what what would your language be like without God? Right? What what, what words would you choose without God in your life? What about your knowledge base? What would you know about the Lord? What would you know about the ways of God without him? Our life has been enriched. God has made us rich. And I want to tell you, people, listen, friends, we we are rich in our soul because of what Jesus did. You understand that? We're not people of poverty. We're, we're rich in our soul. Not because, I'm not talking about our bank account and all that. I'm talking about who we are as people. God has chosen us and God has sent his grace to us and he has enriched us. Look at verse 5 again. By him you were enriched with everything in all speech and knowledge. God's grace given to us. Father, we thank you for that humility. God has enriched us in many ways. You know, culture has developed quite a bit. And there have been a lot of improvements in culture. But one of the improvements of culture is this idea, this concept of the all-in-one kit. All right? The all-in-one kit. Now, this can apply to a lot of different things in life. But I was thinking about this uh, earlier in the week. And it used to be that if you wanted s'mores, you guys know that s'mores are good. It was, it was a, 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 an exercise at the grocery store. You started out in aisle three where the crackers were. And you got graham crackers. And then you walked over to aisle seven where, where the baking stuff was and you got marshmallows. Then you went to the checkout line and there was a plethora of candy bars as you're checking out. So you grab Hershey's and you're ready for s'mores, right? Now there's the s'mores kit. It's oak wood with red felt and carefully placed uh, organic graham crackers and dark chocolate, and 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 amazing mushrooms wrapped in cellophane, marshmallows. I just want to know you were listening. I don't know what kind of mushroom, what kind of s'mores you guys are eating, but to just 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 that was a technique to make sure you're with me. So amazing marshmallows, and and it's wrapped in cellophane, and then there's this this picture of the perfect s'mores. It, it's Percolating over a fire. I don't know if s'mores percolate. That might be but, but that sounds like a good word. And and it's just it's just perfect. And it's all in one. You just you buy the kit, one place, one aisle, one item, right? That 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 can be an improvement at time. Yeah, thinking about this scripture today, in the spiritual life, we have this all in one kind of kit in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's given us every single thing we need. And He strengthens us. Here's my second point today. God strengthens me. I have hope today, not only because He has enriched me in the past, as He strengthens me today. And look at the Scripture as we go to today's text, verse 6. Verse 6 says, "...in this way the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you do not lack any spiritual gift." This is, the Holy Spirit brings a variety of spiritual gifts and they're all to strengthen us. And he says that he doesn't want us. We don't lack any of those. Everything you need to be everything God's called you to be, he has given you. There's no lack in any spiritual gift. As you eagerly wait, this is part of the advent, waiting, anticipating, and and, and beckoning God to come. As, as we wait, as, as we wait for the advent, as we wait for the coming, God's strengthening us. He's giving us everything we need. There's no lack. The Holy Spirit's all in all. As we wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, He will also strengthen you to the end. So that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. You are called by Him into fellowship with, with His Son. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I uh, I watch a lot of football and basketball. I watch more than I really want you to know. Kind of, kind of a funny story. Um, so I dress up to, I never do this. You know, I'm not a matchy, matchy guy. But for some reason, I decided to wear this shirt because purple is the color of Advent, right? We have some purple, vest, uh, pur- purple kind of items here on, on the table. And I get dressed and... As I'm leaving for the day, I ask Beth for that, just like that last kind of fashion advice as I leave the door. And about 25% of the time, I have to change. She just shakes her head no, okay? So thank God for a helper, right? Thank God for a helper. So I said, hey, how, how's it going today? She's like, oh, you look nice. And I'm getting ready to leave. Well, Vanderbilt's playing a basketball game at 1.30. I'm taking the boys to. So I'm getting ready to leave. And she said, um, hey, uh, the team Vanderbilt's playing today, they, they, they're not purple, are they? You guys know who they're playing? They're playing Kansas State today, the purple team. So, uh, you know, so here I am. So she threw me a a shirt to change into after church. So that was nice. At 9 o'clock service, didn't hear that story. So I hope you enjoyed it because you are special. And you now know things about my wardrobe that they don't know because 1045 service, you're special. So I, I watch a lot more sports than I even want to admit to you that I watch and from Little Lee, I'm seeing my nephew and niece play some Little League. Lincoln's involved with the junior high team uh, to high school. I already mentioned college. We're hoping the Titans win today. Watching a lot of sports. There there is some commonalities over all these levels. And one of them is this, is that often when the underdog team plays, I mean from Little League on up to the Titans, at the beginning of the game, it's tight. You know, you're thinking, oh, this may be a better game than we expected, okay? So at this time, uh, there's fresh legs. Usually, the better team has more depth. At this time, that there's adrenaline, there's motivation, there's strategy that has not been adjusted to. So at the beginning, at the beginning, things are pretty close. But often, a little past halftime, the better team starts separating, and, and there's, there's a separation of points, And I thought about this in regard to the Scripture today because we usually don't need strength at the beginning. Like whenever you start something, that's when it's fun. We got a vision, you know, we we start something and it's new and it's a novelty and and it's something different. So we're energized. And so typically, uh, typically we're able to start something well, but finishing is a different, different circumstance. We have this fearless mom's Bible study that happens every other Monday. And man, that first week it started, it was just like energy all over the place. Just, uh, just like our Tuesday Bible study. Just, both of these studies are just amazing. Well, the fearless mom study, the way the rotation hit, um, they had one last week, the Monday after Thanksgiving. So this is Monday morning after Thanksgiving. And I'm doing my small part to get ready for the morning. I I have one duty to do each morning with the DVD. And Kim Goen, who's the leader of that, she's setting things up and no one's there yet. And I just just told her and Pastor Deborah, I said, okay, guys, do you know what ministry is? Ministry is the Monday after Thanksgiving. That's what ministry is. Because it starts off real exciting. Everyone's excited. But then, wow. This is hitting at an odd spot. Now, Beth went to the Bible study. She said it was an awesome study that morning. So God was with them. But my point is this, is you don't need strength on the first and second week. You need strength on the Monday after Thanksgiving, right? You need strength. So here's what the Lord's saying to us today is that we can have hope because there's strength from the Lord and the strength of the Lord is needed when we're further down the road a little bit. Whether it's a project we're we're taking on or whether it's just our faith. Guys, it's it's, it's somewhat easy, not for everyone, but for most of us it's easy at the beginning. But as time progresses, if God's assigned you to, to do something, He's called you to do something, or even your overall journey with the Lord, we need the strength of the Lord. As we go on, as we move on, and so it is. Let's look at verse 8 and 9 one more time. He will strengthen you to the end. God's going to finish, guys. He's going to strengthen you to the end. There is no shortage of God's strength. God's not going to pull His strength from you. He's not going to pull His strength from you. He's going to give you His strength when you need it the most. When When you feel weak, when you feel powerless, when you feel discouraged, that's when we need the presence of God. And here's the reason why. So that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. This idea of being blameless, here's my third and last point today. I have hope today because God will perfect me. God will perfect me. Guys, I, listen, I know this. I know that we all have things we're dealing with, we all have struggles. We all have habits that maybe we've conquered and maybe they come back in our life or we all have shortcomings. All of us deal with this to some degree, but here's the deal. God is working on us and he's working for our perfection. So I don't believe, I know that the Bible does not teach a work-based salvation and we're only saved because of what Jesus did for us. But I do know this, is that we need to understand that the more we walk with God, the more we're in close proximity to God, our character should improve. Guys, the more we walk with God, our morality should reflect Jesus more. The more we walk with God, the more we should demonstrate the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life. And God is the one who does it. Look at verse 8 and 9 again. He will strengthen you to the end so that you will be blameless. In the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, at the advent, at the coming of the the Lord, you're going to be blameless. How is this going to happen? It's not by your own determination. It's not by your own strength. It's not by your own will. Look what the scripture says. Verse 9, God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The reason we are people of hope, the reason I have hope today is not because of me, but because of Him. Because He is faithful. He will not abandon us. He will not leave us alone. He will not let us down. We are not alone. He has come, and He has come and given us His presence to abide with us. He, we are not alone. We are not forgotten. We are not hopeless. Christ who came will come again. Christ has come and Christ is present right now. This is the power of our story that we're living in, living out. Let's stand together. Let's invite God's presence to be with us in these last few minutes. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your hope. We thank you for your hope. Some of us have, have, are are too fearful to hope. We're too fearful to hope. And when you don't have hope, the Proverbs uh, tells us that hope deferred makes the heart sick. I mean, without without hope, without hope, we we just, it it affects us physically. It can affect us in a physical way. And the Lord Lord is using this service and He's using the Scripture and He's using this Advent theme today to cause you to hope again. Put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in God's presence again. Father, I pray for those who feel like they have the inability to hope. God. Breathe upon them today. Lord, let the story of your coming, let the story of Advent, Lord, breathe life into them again. Give them new hope, God. Give them new hope to believe the impossible. Give them new hope to believe the unlikely. Give them new hope to believe in your character and knowing that you're with them no matter what, wherever they are, your presence is with them. And we thank you for bringing new hope to us today.